Hi everyone, welcome to another research review. I'm gonna keep going on the theme of patellofemoral pain for the moment because, well, in the last couple of reviews we've looked at our orthotics effective and then the, and also their combination with um, exercise programs and protocols. But one thing that we haven't really been looking at or answering is, if you've got a patient in front of you, what is going to help you decide whether a full orthotic is the correct um, thing to go for or, or the correct thing to prescribe them. So we've got a couple of papers that we can look at and let's, um, let's dive straight in. So first paper we can look at is a Barton Nadal paper in 2010 where they found less supportive footwear, a generally lower level of pain, decreased ankle joint range of motion and decreased pain when they actually then just tested the person in the clinic with an orthotic in their shoe uh, doing a single leg squat, all predictive of success. Uh, when we look at um, the Matthews et al. paper in 2020, they identified that foot, midfoot mobility uh, is not a good predictor of success from orthotics. We look at the Barton et al. paper in 2011, we see greater peak rear foot eversion um, as predictive for orthotic success. And we've also got the Vincenzino paper in 2008, which identified uh, a combination of three of these out of these four factors and the four factors were being greater than 25 years old, less than 165 centimetres in height, uh, a pain of five or below, I think it was 53.33 millimetres on a, on a visual analogue scale, um, and greater than 10 millimetres difference in midfoot width weight bearing compared to non-weight bearing. And when you had three of those factors present, the success rate from orthotics went from 40% to 86% in that study. So it's really sort of interesting set of findings. We've got this one paper that's saying foot mobility shouldn't be used, but then another paper saying that, um, well, actually we can use this foot mobility or it's a greater um, difference um, between midfoot width, between weight bearing and non-weight bearing. Um, we've also got, you know, the Barton et al. 2010 paper that's identifying that decreased ankle joint range of motion as well as less supportive footwear are factors as well. And these would generally imply that we are, um, if we're having a good shoe, we're having increased ankle joint range of motion, there might be less ankle joint mobility. Or when we have more, a, less, a less supportive footwear and have decreased ankle joint mo um, range of motion, there often is more midfoot mobility. So how do we, how do we synthesize this? And I think one of the, one of the, always a big critique and it's really, really difficult so it's not a critique in the sense that they should have done X, Y, and Z. I don't know the answer, but how do we do this? But we've, I think we've got to figure out or have a better idea on design studies in a way that are going to figure out the mechanisms by which these work. Because until we understand the mechanisms, we're really kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks, and then trying to understand a pattern of seeing what sticks. So potentially studies that look at um, figuring out a way that we can start to tease out potentially more of these subgroups of, of people that respond or some of more of these features so we can start to take a bit more of a crack at how orthotics work. Um, the other sort of thing to keep in mind, I think when we're looking at across all these different studies is that there probably is a big difference in populations. So we can find that, um, for example, that midfoot mobility um, study, the Matthews um, 2020 paper, that might have been quite a different population to some of the other studies which found greater rear foot, uh, peak rear foot um, eversion um, moments of force 
um, to be predictive. So there is a level of, and we see this in other studies in low back pain, that you know some people can find one thing, some people can test the same thing and find another. There might just be a difference in the population or it would be a bit more about luck of the draw when they came to that study. But I think if we were to take something out of this, I think number one is the fact that when we have patients in the room and we, we're not sure whether to issue them orthotic or not, I mean, we've got all these options. Number, we're, we're so used to telling people what to do. And when we've got all these options and they're all showing that we've got a similar effectiveness, we kind of can get confused. And we, that's what we'd like the, the, oh, this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing. But in reality, I think it's really just about presenting the options to them, but also figuring out ways that we can test whether, there's, whether they're effective. And that's where I liked this, um, the Barnes et al paper 2010 that said, we just put the orthotic, a prefab orthotic in their shoe and got them to do a single leg squat and they felt better. And it starts to open up this realm of, well, are there other ways that we could test um, this out? And while they're not validated by uh, research, we could, to we could totally look at, okay, well, what is an aggravating activity? Let's stick an orthotic in and see if it changes. I think they, they, uh, there's another paper that recognised that the effectiveness of orthotics will, peak, will, will generally be a lot greater at 12 weeks than it will be at when you first start. So it's not always a predictor of the entire effect, it's just a predictor of is this potentially likely to be, more, uh, be effective or not. So that's something that we can immediately use. But when I start to sort of combine and look at all the papers start to see, and this is where I like the Vincenzino paper a lot, is that they're identifying, well, actually what we need is we need a couple of these factors present. So we need to have three out of the four. And this is a bit more of a nuanced understanding because it's saying that, well, actually, the condition of patellofemoral pain is incredibly, the populations that get it are incredibly heterogeneous. So there's not a typical person with a typical um, way of getting it or a typical set of factors that result in it. It's largely very different amongst all the different um, people um, that, that do experience it. So it's unlikely that there's one way that they're getting it. And then that also means it's unlikely that there's one way, um, well, the best way to get them better. It's going to be very individualized. So looking at, so the Matthews et al. paper 2020, we see that um, foot mobility doesn't play a predictive role, but maybe it's got to be foot mobility in the presence of other factors. So when we look at Barton 2010 and Vincenzino 2008 papers, we're looking at and we're, we're finding this correlation between, well, it's people generally with less pain, so less than five or five out of 10 or, and less. So people when experiencing higher levels of pain or foot orthotics are not likely to be as effective. And that's an interesting one because it sort of identifies that if we know that people are constantly pushing themselves into pain and doing certain activities, having high levels of pain with this condition, it's unlikely that putting an orthotic in is enough to change it. There's going to be, have to be some other modifications. And potentially the thing is that they're a lot more sensitized, a lot more um, focused on, on pain. There might be something else going on there that we're just not aware of. But in garden variety, sort of typically, painful but not too painful cases, this might this is much more of an option. Um, and we're starting to figure out that when we look at, for example, the 2010 paper that looked that found that less supportive footwear was predictive, it starts to suggest and brings up this idea that orthotics might not be about correction, they might be more about change. And that while a lot of papers are sort of identifying that, hold on a second, you know, pronation 
or more pronated foot posture, a higher FPI, you know, more pes planus, however you want to talk about it, and however they want to define it, seems to be correlated with a better outcome from foot orthotics. However, when we look at what causes it, what causes patellofemoral pain syndrome, we identify that that pronation is not a causative factor within itself, that actually it might be pronation in the presence of other factors um, that, that cause it. So it sort of identifies that it might actually be the fact that orthotics are just making a change to how we move, not exactly correcting it or putting it in a position where it works more effectively. And that people that with a pes planus foot posture might be able to experience more benefit because there's more that we could change with an orthotic. And I think that's an important one because it starts to open up this level, this way of thinking and a way of approaching foot orthotics as what can we change? And so it opens it up to, well, actually, people with all different types of foot posture might get a benefit. They might not. We're, that's what we can sort of trial and test. And then it's not always about putting someone back to neutral. It might just be how can we make a change? And it explains why, you know, Joe Bloggs down the road can get a similar benefit from their orthotics compared to our orthotics, even though they're completely different designs because they're just different ways of producing a change. So in the in the absence of more um, specific evidence, because this could also be a completely wrong viewpoint, but I think it's a good viewpoint in terms of the evidence that we do have that keeps things open, that keeps us not overcommitting to anything, is what change can we produce? What time frame do we do it in? So we know orthotics, like, like we said, you know, there's, they're better than sham at, at six weeks. And um, at one year, we know that they can take about 12 weeks to have their uh, a big effect. So we can start to sort of get this idea of we can test, we can trial, we're looking at producing a change. We can you know, give them to people and say, let's check in with you at six weeks, let's check in with you at 12 weeks. And we can start to get an idea of whether this is going to be particularly helpful and effective. And I think that's the uh, a very easy way to, or very all-encompassing way to be able to practice because it's really taking in all the evidence that we do have and applying it in such a way that keeps things open to change, that, that are easy to individualise and also doesn't box our patients into this one idea of your foot is, is causing all of these problems and thus we much, uh, must correct it, which is really not what the research is telling us.